0: This is the message we have heard from him and declared to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his Son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word has no place in our lives. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin... We have one who speaks to the Father in our defence, Jesus Christ, the Righteous One. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. We know that we have come to know him if we obey his commands. The man who says, I know him, but does not do what he commands, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But if anyone obeys his word, God's love is truly made complete in him. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. Thanks, Carl.
1: I was uh, reminded when Adam was up here before that uh, we almost lost Adam to a job in Hobart a few, uh, a few months ago. And, uh, and one of the um, other LEAF leaders told me, sent me an email, said, oh, did you know about Adam? And uh, my heart sank. And I think all the, uh, all the people involved in LEAF were just going, oh my goodness, Adam can't leave. <laughs> and he miraculously didn't get that job and then got another job close by uh, to here so he's staying and we're all just overjoyed. Uh, it's just a wonderful provision of God and all those leaf leaders are just amazing. We uh, really ought to be so thankful to God for the work that they do for Adam and for Natalie and Zoe and Gwyn and Rachel. They just week in, week out just do an incredible job. Uh, it's a great blessing. Let's, uh, let's pray. pray for that and uh, also for the sermon. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for uh, the great gift that you give to us of uh, great people uh, to serve in your church and Lord, thank you for uh, the leaf leaders that we have and the great blessing that they are to us and to the young people in our church. Lord, bless them uh, in the things that they do in your service. And Lord, as we now come to your word and uh, as we read this letter of John, Lord, we ask that Uh, his purpose might be completed in us. Lord, he wrote that we might have joy and that we might know that we are in Christ. And Lord, we pray that you would give us that assurance as we study your word this morning. We ask it for Jesus' sake. Amen. Well, every year uh, the Consumer Magazine Choice hands out the Shonky Awards. I don't know if you followed the Shonky Awards. It usually makes an appearance on the ABC News. And in fact, this Tuesday is uh, this year's. They'll be handing out this year's Shonky Awards. Past winners of the Shonkies uh, have included the purely fish, frozen meal, which included only 48% fish, Uh, vitamin water for sounding healthy but uh, not being at all healthy, Uh, nerofen's range of pain-targeting pills, which are specially targeted, uh, for, marketed for all kinds of pain like back pain and migraine pain, but all include the same ingredient. And my personal favourite uh, is the peach infused super tight weight loss pants. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought they wouldn't work? Clearly, not everything is uh, what it claims to be, and what's true of peach-infused, super tight weight loss pants can be true of Christians as well. That is, it's possible to say that you're a Christian to make the claim and to not be a Christian, to be self-deceived. It's also quite possible, uh, if you were here last week, we saw it's quite possible to be a true Christian and yet not actually be 100% sure that you are, to doubt whether you are a true Christian. So how can we know that we belong to Jesus? How can you know that you're a Christian? Well, in this passage uh, that we're looking at this morning, John begins to lay out some of his tests that he gives us in this letter for how we can know that we belong to Jesus. He gives us these two double-sided tests. That is, they're double-sided in the sense that they have a a kind of a a negative side. It shouldn't be like this. And a positive side. It should be like this. How can we know that we're a Christian? How can you know that you belong to God? Well, John begins in verse 5 with this simple test. He writes, This is the message that we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. The idea uh, that John's trying to get across is very simple. God is light and if we're in the dark, then we don't know God. God is light. God is absolutely pure and holy and everything that uh, God has nothing to do with is in the dark John's using a uh, a metaphor about reality. Uh, He's using a metaphor of light and dark. And yet it's interesting, isn't it, how it's true of life that so much sin and evil takes place in the dark. We even have an expression to express our shock uh, when things happen in the day. It's a daylight robbery. Because the normal course of events is that those things happen at night. People get drunk At night. People rob and steal at night. People sleep around at night. We don't feel safe at night, but we feel safe in the day because the darkness hides evil. Listen to what Jesus says in John's Gospel, in John chapter 3. This is the verdict, says Jesus. Light has come into the world. But men loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be plainly seen that what has been done has been done through God. So here is the darkness And over there is the light, the light of the Gospel of Jesus Christ. There is the promise. There is is God's promise to make us new creations. There is the promise of forgiveness of sins. There is the promise of righteousness and life. And here is the darkness. You can't be in the light and in the dark at the same time. The two don't mix. Here's dark, there's light. John says that God knows no darkness. In him there is no darkness. So if we're in the dark, if our lives are lived in the dark, in the shadows, in the secret, hiding away, cherishing sin, holding on to sin, if our lives are lived in the dark, then that shows that we're not with God in the light. God is in the light, and God's people live in the light. But that contradiction of claiming to know God but living in darkness, that contradiction lies at the heart of many false claims to know and to believe in Jesus. I wonder if you've been leading a, a double life, hiding things away from people. Hiding parts of your life I guess is always a sure sign, isn't it, that you're living partly in the dark. Perhaps you uh, do things on the computer or watch things on the TV that you don't want other people to know about. Maybe you secretly fiddle your books, your accounts, your tax return. Maybe you enjoy a good drink on your own and then another drink and then another drink. Maybe in secret you're taking a relationship with someone further than it should go. Maybe in the deep places of your heart you harbour resentment and bitterness. Maybe in the deep places of your heart you resent God or the church or your spouse or your family. Some people lead a double life and they don't even know it. Some people have been leading a double life for so long that they don't even know the difference. They switch so easily between the two. John says If we claim to know Christ but walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. Well, if people who know Jesus don't walk in the darkness, where do they walk? What kind of walk do people who know Jesus have? John says in verse 7 of chapter 1, but if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus his Son purifies us from all sin. To walk in the light in the light is not simply to uh, walk in purity and holiness. Uh, it's first of all to walk in the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So in the gospel of John, uh, Jesus is the light. I am the light of the world. Jesus is the true light, the light of life. The light which shines in the darkness. And John says that people who walk with Jesus and trust Jesus will be people whose lives are transformed and cleansed by the blood of Jesus. He says something very similar in chapter 2 verse 3. He writes, We know that we have come to know him. How do we know? If we obey his commands. The man who says, I know him but does not do what he commands is a liar and the truth is not in him. But if anyone obeys his word, God's love is truly made complete in him. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. So people who walk in the light walk like Jesus walked. Their lives look like Jesus' life because the life of Jesus is at work in them. John says that living like Jesus is evidence that God's love, God's work of salvation is truly made complete in us. We're not saved by changing ourselves, by cleaning our lives up, but we're saved because we run and grab hold of Jesus. But when we run and grab hold of Jesus, Jesus drags us out of the muck of our lives and drags us into glory, Jesus cleans up our lives through the power of the Holy Spirit. He makes us new people and we can see the difference, we can see the change and John says when you see the change you know that you are in him. You might like to read one of the Gospels and on every page ask the question, Does my life resemble the life of Jesus? Does your life reflect Jesus' love for the stranger, for the downcast? Does your life reflect Jesus' zeal for holiness, his zeal for doing his Father's will? Does your life reflect Jesus' self-giving love, Does your life reflect Jesus' preaching of the Gospel? Does your life reflect Jesus' grief over the lost? Or you can ask a question which I asked a few weeks ago which was, when was the last time your life changed because of commitment to Jesus? When was the last time you sat down and you thought, Jesus is going that way? and I'm going this way and I need to be going that way instead? Or is it just sort of a just go with the flow? Is the light of the Gospel of Jesus reaching further and further into the darkness of your life and exposing sin and getting rid of it and bring real life. If we're walking in the light of the gospel, of the glory of God and the face of Jesus Christ, our lives will be different and we'll be able to see it. And if we don't see those things, what then? Well, John says in chapter 2 verse 4, the man who, know, who says, I know him, but does not do what Jesus commands is a liar and the truth is not in him. If our lives don't reflect the life of Jesus then we don't know Jesus. So we can't claim to be a Christian if we cling on to the darkness and we, uh, nor can we be a Christian if our lives don't reflect the life of Jesus The second test that John gives then comes in verses 8 to 9 of chapter 1. He says if we claim to be without sin we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned we make him out to be a liar and his word has no place in our lives. To claim to know Christ and to walk in darkness is to be deceived but to claim to be without sin is to be deceived as well. The uh, desire to justify ourselves runs very deep. Uh, It's one of our deepest desires to excuse uh, our sin and to hide the sin in our lives. Why do people love the darkness? One of the reasons people love the darkness is not just because sin lives there but because sin hides there. The darkness is a place where you can hide away from the penetrating gaze of God, or so we think. We want not only to have sin, but we want to hide our sin and not just from other people. We want to hide our sin from ourselves and from God. Well, this last week uh, saw the introduction of and the passing of gay marriage legislation in, uh, in the ACT. And it seems to me that the push for gay marriage is at heart a push for justification. It's a push by gay people to have their relationships recognised and legitimised by others, by the state, by other people. Jermaine Greer, of all people, Uh, wrote a rather puzzled article in The Age a few months ago uh, where she marvelled that uh, marriage which people had fought so long against 30 or 40 years ago was now something that people were fighting so hard for. 30 or 40 years ago people had pushed so that their relationships didn't have to be legitimised by the state or by others And now people are desperate to have their relationships validated and justified. Because the desire to justify our sin runs deeply. When we treat someone badly, we want to tell our stories to our friends so that they can tell us that we've done the right thing. That anybody else in our situation would have done exactly that. That the, it's the other person who is uh, nasty and evil and you are only doing what you could only do. What's truly scary I think is that we might mentally be able to admit that we're sinners but practically we deny it. So we hear a sermon on do not store up treasure on earth or you cannot serve God and money and we say to ourselves, well that's not me, I wouldn't be like that. I know that there are some people like that but not me, that's not my sin. Or we read the Bible and we read love the poor and the orphan and the widow in their distress And we think to ourselves, well that's not a problem for me, I don't don't even know any widows or orphans. So that in the end we say, well yes I'm a sinner but actually when it comes down to it there's not any sins that we actually commit. So the admission I'm a sinner, it's, the label. it's just a label, it's just a handy catchphrase, a kind of a get out of jail free card with God. God, I'm a sinner. But actually, there's not really any sin in my life. Just on the face of it, John says, if we claim to be without sin, we go, oh, well, that's not me. But actually, it's a much harder test, isn't it? we claim to be without sin we lie to ourselves and we call God a liar. So if we claim to be a Christian but walk in the darkness or if there's no evidence of walking in the footsteps of Jesus or if we claim to be without sin either in what we say or in the way that we live then our claim to belong to Jesus, John says, is a false claim. But on the contrary, he continues, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. The opposite of hiding and covering up and denying our sinfulness is confessing our sin to God. So here's a useful test. How often do you find yourself confessing sin to God? Please notice what the test is not. The test is not about being open and honest with other people. The test is not simply about saying to people, I'm a sinner. It's not about admitting to yourself that you have a problem. Nor is nor is it about consoling yourself that nobody's perfect. Oh everybody else does it. It's not as bad as it seems. Now the test is whether you confess your sins to God and plead with God on the basis of his mercy in Jesus Christ. Is repentance and faith part of your life? It's a simple question really, isn't it? When was the last time that you stopped and you prayed to confess a sin, a particular sin? Lord, forgive me for being angry with that person. I should never have been angry. Lord, please have mercy on me. In answering the question, am I a Christian? People inevitably get stuck on what they did the first time. The first time they heard the Gospel. The first time the Gospel made sense to them. The first moment that they repented. What happened ten years ago? But John wants to know what's happening in your life today? What's the shape of your life now? Not what happened then. The Christian life is a life of daily repentance. It's a life of daily conversion, the Puritans used to say. It's a life of daily turning away sin and daily turning to Jesus Christ and daily being made new by the spirit of Jesus Christ. We get caught up asking the question, did I repent then? Did I really mean it? The best advice anyone ever gave me was, Don't worry about yesterday, about what you were or what you weren't yesterday. Repent and believe today. That's good advice. Who cares about yesterday? Repent and believe in Jesus now. The Christian life is a life of repentance and faith. The way that we begin is the way that we keep going. That test... Uh, is so important for how we understand and read the letter, this letter that John has written. Because in the rest of this letter, John is going to give other tests that we're going to need to use to evaluate ourselves, to, to see whether we really know Christ. And you might hear those tests and think to yourself, I can see the work of God in my life. I used to walk in darkness but now more and more actually I, I see myself walking in the light. I see Christ at work in me. I see that I love people that I never used to love before. I used to hate church and I used to hate the people at church. But now I love them. Even that strange person. I find that I'm quick to acknowledge my sin to God. In the past I used to cover it up but now, now I, I even have joy in laying it at the foot of the cross. And if that's you, what a blessing. What a blessing it is to know Christ and to know that you know Christ. And if that's you, keep clinging on to Jesus and keep walking in the light and keep walking in repentance and faith. But you might look at your life and you might every day think to yourself, there's still so much darkness in my life. And every day you cry out to God to have mercy on you and yet every day there seems to be such little growth. And every day you look at your life for signs of joy and patience and love and zeal for Christ and you hardly see it. It, just looks like a bar- it looks like a barren desert. And every day you pour out your heart to God. God, have mercy on me. And you might feel like such a hypocrite because the things that you don't want to do exactly the things that you do. But be encouraged because people who acknowledge their sin and spend their lives acknowledging their sin and who spend their lives at the foot of the cross, God have mercy on me, are people who know Jesus. And you might not see the growth yet but what you don't see is that you're spending and living a life of faith in Christ. You see, the question we have to ask is not, is there ongoing sin in me? Because there's always ongoing sin, this, this side of Jesus' return. The question is not, is there sin in my life? The question is, how am I dealing with that? Am I the person who says, no, it's not there? Or am I the person who says, have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love? The growth might be slow, but keep clinging on to Jesus. But you also might look at your life as you hear these tests and not see any of the things that John says should be there. Or the things that he says shouldn't be there. You go, No, that is part of my life. And if that's you, I think there are two responses to that. If you fail those tests, there's two things that you can do about that. The worst response is to say, There's not a problem. There's no sin here. You can be the person who buries your head in the sand and ignores reality. You can say, well, I've been going to church now for 20 years. Yes, I might fail the test, but, uh, but you know, I've given my life to this, to this church. And I've done all these other things. I was on a roster. <laughs> The worst thing we can do is deny. And the best thing we can do is turn to God in confession of sin. You see, the temptation if we've been living in the dark is to keep living in the dark and to keep hiding in the dark. We think that we're safe in the dark because no one can see us. If I just hide away, if I just pretend, if I just keep pretending that I really know Christ, it'll be okay. But the great irony of the Gospel is that the safest place is not in the darkness but in the light. Look what John says, if we confess our sins he's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. God will forgive us not because we deserve it, we never deserve it, but because he's faithful. He said he'll do it and he'll do it. Or 2 verse 1, my dear children I write this to you so that you will not sin but if anyone does sin, which is all of us we have one who speaks to the Father in our defence, Jesus Christ the righteous one, he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins and not only for ours but also for the sins of the whole world the way back to God is not to make ourselves better people, it's not to clean our lives up It's not to keep hiding in the darkness in the hope that God won't see us. It's to come out into the light and to say, God has not much to look at, but here I am. And God is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And we don't have to speak. We don't have to speak to God on our behalf because Jesus speaks on our behalf. We have to think, what will I say? What could I say that God would listen to me? Well, that doesn't matter because Jesus is our advocate with God. Now these tests of John drive us back time and again to the Gospel and to the good news of what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. They call us into the light. They call us to flee darkness and to grab hold of Jesus. They call us to confess our sin and to believe that God is faithful and that he'll do what he said. And when we cling on to Jesus for dear life and when we see ourselves clinging on to Jesus for dear life, then we know that we really belong to Jesus. Let me pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much that your light in Jesus Christ has come into the world and the darkness has not overcome it. Thank you that Jesus is the light of the world, the light of life, the true light which brings light to every person. Lord, help us to see the light and to flee the darkness and to run and take hold of Jesus. Lord, we pray that none of us would be people who hide in the darkness, who cherish sin and hold on to sin for dear life. Lord, we pray that you would help us to see with the eyes of faith the rich and wonderful life that Jesus is calling us to, a life of purity and holiness and righteousness and goodness and love and mercy and grace and truth. Lord, help us to run for that life in Jesus Christ. Lord, keep us from being people who deny our sin. Help us to be people who spend our lives at the feet of our dear Saviour, at the feet of the cross, trusting in your goodness and mercy. Lord, we pray that As we do those things, as we live out those things, as we take hold of your promises in Jesus, we pray that you would not only grant us salvation but to know that we belong to you, that we might have joy and gladness and hope. We ask it for Jesus' sake. Amen.